Welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Impact of AI, hosted by AI Time Journal and brought to you in collaboration with women leaders in data and artificial intelligence. Every week, we explore how AI impacts our personal and professional daily lives. So we are pleased this week to have Shilpa Pandi. She's an innovative and collaborative leader with a passion for building high-performance teams that have a growth mindset. Currently, Shilpam is the data program leader at m and Bank, where she's established and leads the data literacy and cultural program to enable the use of data as an asset. She's passionate about designing an inclusive and more ethical future with the data and AI. Shilpam studied at the School of Planning and Architecture in New Delhi and received a Master's of Science from ITC in the Netherlands and has an MBA with Cornell University. Shilpam is a member of Women Leaders in Data and AI and is advisory board member of the Pragmatic Institute. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Melissa. I'm very happy to be here today. <laughs> For those of you who I've not met yet, my name is Melissa Drew. I'm the host. I have 27 years of experience in procurement and supply chain across all industries, and I've been working with cognitive technologies for the last 17 years. So Shilpam, let's talk a little bit more about your role in M&T Bank. Um, we typically don't see a lot of women that have dual roles in both the analytics side as well as the data side. So we'd like to understand how is your journey and your career path and what led you to the role that you have today with M&T Bank? Sure, yeah, because my role today, you're right, like it's on the data and the analytics side of things. And what led me here, really, my journey, my data journey started on the analytics side of things, really on the more creative side of my brain, as I like to think of it, because of my deep interest in art and architecture and really urban planning, winning in terms of a degree because of its emphasis on more analytical aspects of design and solutions. Um, I'm really the mix of using creative but analytical approach to problem solving. And in terms of the foundational training and education, that's who I am. I have a degree in urban planning and in GIS uh, from IDC that you just mentioned. But it's really the people and the business aspect of work that has always fascinated me. And therefore, I got the MBA uh, from Cornell. It was focused on strategy, leadership, and finance. And yes, I did want to focus on finance for my MBA. One, because that was one part of business that I didn't have any idea about. And also now in hindsight, I like to think about it. I totally foresaw the whole data as an asset uh, thing <laughs> that we are talking about now. Uh, so that's how my journey started. In terms of professional experience, uh, I've worked uh, as a consultant and really at a wide variety of, or a wide range of companies ranging from 15 people to really 150,000 employees in different sectors such as financial services where I'm now but in life sciences and healthcare before and also the federal government who are huge uh, consumers and users of data uh, for a while now. Basically I love, uh, I love a new challenge and an opportunity to explore new or uh, develop new solutions. It's really the newness of situations that attracts me and which is how I ended up in this role where it was working with um, a chief data office to enable the use of the data assets that the organization had invested in. So my role here is to work with the business lines, with all our business lines to really enable uh, optimum use of our data assets, but broadly of, our, of data and analytics to drive the business forward. Was this a role that already existed um, or were you, you know, brought in 
to, to help develop this role? Yeah, this was a new role. So the organization, the bank, like a lot of other banks, had invested in its data assets really around uh, regulatory requirements, so a lot of focus on governance and um, data quality around critical data elements. So this was a new role that I really defined when I came in. So, and I, I loved that about the opportunity in terms of figuring out what the problem statement is, what do we need to do, and how do we kind of go about uh, doing that. So you mentioned earlier that, that you have this, uh, this dual role, very similar to the, the role of what we see in a chief data officer, but also you've got the same responsibilities as what we typically see in a chief analytics officer. So how are you combining those you know, responsibilities together in one role and how are you able to, to really navigate you know, both sides? Because the way we've understood this in previous podcasts is, Everything about developing the data, the infrastructure of the data, getting the, the data collected and put into a format. And then the analytics piece is how do you take that data? Sometimes this is where you apply those AI technologies, but how do you take that data and get it fit for purpose? So it's ready to be consumed by your stakeholders. Yeah, so the way our data office is organized and I'm part of the data office, you roll up to a chief data officer, it's that, governance, the data platform, the data governance, the data quality component of it, and then the analytics or the working with the business lines to enable uh, use of our data asset aspects of it. It's a lot of, it's a combination of course, excellent collaboration with my peers, mm -hmm. responsible for governance and things like that, but then also a lot of structure and process in place in terms of ensuring that business lines uh, needs are being met because it's uh, understanding what their needs are, being in constant communication with them, having this process in place to be able to prioritize what these needs are. And it's a combination of what's possible, what's doable, and what aligns with the broader business uh, objectives of the organization. So it's really uh, being able to understand deeply both the business needs, but then also what is feasible, what's doable from a delivery perspective. Mm -hmm. and being able to align it with the big picture, with the overall mission uh, and business priorities of the organization. So how much, um, how much of your, the organization that reports into you, how much of your organization is involved in those AI or cognitive technologies? Um, do you have a large group of data scientists that, that just focus on the analytical components of the data? We have a very federated model at the organization. Every organization is different than how they are set up. Like for us, it's a very federated model. And it's really, but, and the way we set up our program, it is about being close to the business line. So we really see ourselves as enablers. So no, we don't have like, my team is not the experts or um, has a large team. It's about the business line. It's the business that's closest to the problems. And really uh, our role is to enable them to be able to try out different solutions or be able to, to demonstrate really what's the art of the possible with using solutions such as data analytics, driving them from, uh, you know, like really a reporting kind of mindset to more forward-looking insights and be able to use advanced solutions using AI and machine learning to be able to build uh, solutions and add business value. It's very much an enablement kind of model. Okay. You mentioned at one point in, in this conversation, the the development of a program, because you you were brought in, this role was fairly new. 
So my understanding is that when when we talked about your bio, you've established and you lead this data literacy and cultural program. What exactly does that entail? Entails a lot of listening, a lot of understanding, (laughs) a lot of uh, really trying to understand what is the problem that we are trying to to solve. It's really trying to get on the same page with uh, multiple different, I'm part of the enterprise data office, so horizontal across the organization. It's a lot of, uh, uh, honestly, listening, but then defining the problem or the problems that we might want to be able to solve, be able to break it up into smaller chunks because it's, uh, yes, they're giant problems that we need to solve. It's about defining what's doable, be able to show that prototype or solution, maybe show what, what is possible using whatever we might be able, why we might be proposing uh, mm-hmm. with the business line. Initially, there was also a lot of evangelization or getting the buy-in from our business lines and our senior leaders in terms of what was even possible uh, using data. So, and I think right. some of the key components are being able to listen to empathize, look at it from the outside in, from the business perspective, what are the problems that they're trying to solve? And I think the second big component of it is being able to see the big picture, but then be able to break it up into smaller, digestible, doable chunks of work to be able to demonstrate business value. And then the third component is the evangelization, is the excitement, is getting the buy-in, getting people on board. What, what exactly are some of the types of problems that you're able to resolve? It's, so, yeah, it's about working with business lines to understand where they are and where they want to get to in the long term, whether it's three years or five years out, but then breaking it up into smaller chunks um, to be able to deliver value, whether it is uh, working with the the retail network to be able to make uh, data more accessible across the the branch network, or whether it's working with the people who use data differently, like our lenders, for example, so they can get some of the insights and some of the ability to be able to make decisions using Mm -hmm. data uh, in an easier and a more timely fashion. Okay. I've, I've heard you speak before on this concept of ideation to minimum viable product. And, and I, I would love to understand a little bit more about that. Yeah, and that's much of what we do, right? And as much of when you ask me about my journey, that's much of how my thinking works as well, like working from like a really a white canvas kind of approach. So what is the idea? What, how are we Uh, going to bring this down to something that's doable. So whether it's about understanding what the customer journey looks like, for example, what are the data points that are available? How can we map the customer journey? And based on data, figure out how, um, uh, what the problem points are and what are some actions that maybe we can take to make that easier, both from the customer perspective, but also from uh, from the bank's perspective to be able to either optimize the journey uh, or make it a better experience. If I'm if I'm a company that's listening to this and I'm just wanting to start out, I've I've decided that I'm ready to, to, to take on a, a data anal, a data or you know and or an analytics you know, officer role, what are you know, because you've built this from scratch, what are some of the key things that that someone else who's in the same boat as you were a couple of years ago? Like what are some lessons learned that you can give them? That, that will get them to sped up and ramp up more quickly. Yeah, and that's something that I'm really passionate about, right? Like in terms of how do you get started? What are some things to, uh, to think about? One of the big lessons learned for me uh, really on my journey and uh, having worked at 
many different organizations, is figuring out how you want to create the team. How do you set up the team from one, from a skills and training perspective, but then mm -hmm. also from an environment perspective. So let's talk about one, you know, how do you kind of set up the team perspective? This might be a function of who I am, but also from my experiences in terms of, it's very important to bring in diverse perspectives into the team. So if you look at the traditional data teams, it's dominated by people, of course, who are data people or, you know, like have had received some kind of training in data. But as we move into the analytics space, and especially as we move more towards AI or, you know, automated uh, kind of solutions or really solutions that can be scaled very easily. It's very important to think about the teams that you are establishing or you're creating one from a team perspective. And then I do want to talk about the process of how you kind of foster uh, the team environment. I think it's critical to bring in people from different kinds of training, whether it's people who are say trained in the liberal arts or uh, in scientific scientific methods. It's important to bring in these people from different perspectives because the solutions that we are developing are no longer uh, standard solutions. This is, you know, it needs a lot more creativity. It's a, it needs a lot more thinking in context. It's a lot more about asking questions. It's about being comfortable in ambiguity, which people train in different backgrounds. So liberal arts training, for example, mm -hmm. trains people to think about things differently, right? They think of things in context. They think of they are more comfortable, maybe taking a point of view debating it or arguing or looking at arguments from different perspectives. It's important to bring in people from like, say, maybe science, traditional science kind of trainings where that mindset of, okay, I need to get, you know, that experiments mindset, one about, okay, I need to get the things ready to be able to conduct my experiment, you know, and data that's that whole data kitchen kind of concept, right? The traditional data office where it was like, is my data clean? Is it in, ready for me to go? Like, is it accessible? Is the data catalog there? So you got that kind of mindset to get, you know, take steps to get to where you want to get to. But then also the big thing with experiments is that mindset of, I'm gonna go try that out. I don't know if it'll work or not. And if it doesn't work, it's not a failure. It's, I know that what I learned is that that's one way not to do it. So as you build out these teams, I think it's critical uh, for these analytics team to be able to bring in diverse perspectives, people trained in different ways of thinking. Forming that team, that dynamic team culture is it really sets the foundation for making sure that you can do your job, which is taking that data and making it into an asset for the, for the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so diverse perspective is important. And I think, uh, you know, earlier you asked me about uh, the, the different hats or the more the forward looking or the analytical use of data or being able to use data as an asset. I think one of the things that as the, as the data officer evolves or the chief data officer role evolves, uh, I think increased em emphasis on adoption and being able to build that uh, that data culture is going to be critical uh, for organizations to be able to realize value from their uh, data assets. And I think that's, uh, that's really for me, uh, an area that I'm, I've been focused on here, but I see that as a huge, uh, really huge opportunity for organizations to be able to. Uh, yeah, let's, Let's actually, let's, let's talk about that, the, the, the data culture. So, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of my own reading and research, and 
it's one thing for someone to say today, you know, we're going to have a, a chief data officer tomorrow. We're going to have a chief analyticals officer, but the impact of those roles isn't just contained within the scope of, of your account, you know, what you're being accountable for. And, and you've mentioned it already that everything around what you are doing at the bank or what your role would be doing at any other company consistently touches every user and every stakeholder because ultimately it's every user in the company that's going to be consuming the data, whether it's been synthesized, you know, through artificial intelligence, whether it's been pulled together from multiple sources or third-party sources, your internal customer is your stakeholder. So how do you go about shifting the, the consumers, your internal stakeholders culture around data and analytics? And, and let me give you an example. I walk into a door at a company and there's already a huge data lake designed. All the data has been collected. The data is being synthesized, you know, cognitive technologies, machine learning is going through the data, pulling it out, bringing it to some level of, this is what we need to do to be actionable. But what I've noticed is that the business users are not fully accepting of that data. They're constantly questioning the accuracy, the confidence of it, whether the validity or even the integrity of data is going to make them feel comfortable to use that data to make a decision. So then to circle back, you mentioned data literacy, but you've also talked about the cultural program. I would really like to understand more about how you're developing that and, and extending that cultural, the extending that cultural uh, philosophy into all of your internal stakeholders. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a mindset shift, right? Being able to change the culture of an organization. Yes, data literacy is a key component and we do define it uh, broadly in terms of, uh, you know, how we've set up the program. So broadly the program we've set up is, um, and it works for us. And I was attending this conference where we talked about the data literacy or the culture program needs to work for you. And it has to be a structured programmatic kind of approach, which is what we've done here. And the earlier point about, yes, it's about everybody, right? We are all, one of the taglines that our data community manager talks about is that we are all data people. Some just don't know it yet. Because yes, when you go out and you was, you're like, oh, you know, we are about data and data analytics and AI and machine learning. A lot of people are like, well, how does that relate to me? And then, the fact is we live in an increasingly increasingly digital world and data really is the backbone of digital society. So it's not just, uh, within companies, but as people, especially the last year, for example, I think has been a really an exercise in understanding how data is key to a lot of the decisions that we make anyway in real life, you know, with COVID and with the pandemic, with people suddenly talking about, so where is this data from? What, what is the quality of the data? How is it being reported? And how does it affect me? And what does the dashboard look like? And things mm -hmm. like that. So what we've really done here at the organization is uh, work with the, uh, work on building the community. That's a key pillar of what we do here. It's really the idea there is to foster that culture of collaboration that I was talking about. So building out the community, connecting the dots for people. We, um, we're trying to enable really uh, a growth and a learning kind of man mindset where we learn from each other. Because I've been in the data space for long enough to remember a time when you know, a lot of the tools that we think about that, oh, you know, I'm using Tableau or I'm using Python or whatever, therefore I am data, a data guru or what have mm -hmm. you. 
is not true. It's much more about the critical thinking, the mindset and being able to you know, approach data with an open mind or be able to uh, look to, for the, uh, look in the data for answers versus uh, to confirm what your biases might be and things like that. So we mm-hmm. focus a lot on building out uh, the community to enable peer-to-peer learning. And then the central pillar of what we've done is really uh, what we call uh, an analytic center of enablement. Again, the focus is on enabling the business lines to be able, because they are closest to the to the business and to the problem, they understand that best. And how does my team kind of help them support uh, in their uh, in the problem solving journey or on their data journey? The idea is to work with the business lines to enable uh, better use of data. And then the last pillar where we're working with our uh, partners, whether it's uh, technology, of course, huge partners, both in terms of the data engineering or the data platform kind of support but then also with usually with our LD with a learning and development group uh, broadly from everybody's a data person some just don't know it yet aspect but then also from targeted uh, uh, data people you know the hands-on data community uh, how do we kind of make sure that uh, we are upskilled and we're constantly investing in reskilling uh, our works our workforce when it comes to both working with data but then also being able to consume that uh, effectively. Uh, and then also, also working with HR in terms of, you know, data talent is a unique talent set. How do you kind of attract and retain and uh, make data fun? So I want to I ask you, do you have specific examples or can you give us examples of what initiatives you've, you have developed that you felt work well as you've been establishing this cultural program, this cultural change within your organization? Yeah, yeah, I, I can give some specific examples of the initiatives that we've set up mm-hmm. uh, really to enable this data culture or being a data-led embedding data in the DNA of the organization. Broadly structured around creating a push and a pull effect. And there are some anchor things that we do within this uh, this organizational context to keep the program or the system fed, let's say. So one of the uh, concepts that uh, our data community manager, she came up with it and she was doing that internally just within the data office, but now we've scaled it across the organization, is this concept of uh, deal. It's a drop everything and learn. So it's once a month, uh, really a hands-on workshop for people to come in and work with data, get their hands dirty with data, learn something new. And within that, it gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of the topics that we might want to cover, whether it is about building better algorithms with Python or you know figuring out some business problem that the team wants to work on. So again, like totally fed by the community. So it's the example of the peer-to-peer learning that we're talking about where the community comes in to teach and learn from each other, or it is about discussing very forward-looking aspects. So like one of the recent ones that we had was talking around data bias and data ethics and things like that. And we had watched the movie Coded Bias using that as an anchor Mm -hmm. uh, to understand how data and AI is very, is affecting our day-to-day life today and understanding how we can make, how we can define really a better future. What are some of the things to think about that we can use to, you know, uh, to really define a better future or design a be- better and a more inclusive future, uh, future that I was talking about 
talking about earlier. So that's like been a key element of the data literacy program that I think has made um, a key difference in building and sustaining that culture. But at the same time, we've done, you know, when I talked about the push and the, or creating the, the demand and generating the supply for the data mindset, for the data culture, deal is something that's hands-on, but then there is also something that we introduced for our leaders called leaderboard. And the idea there is to generate a lot of uh, demand for the work that's being done by the data community, whether it's business problems that have been solved or business value that's generated because of some kind of data-driven decision that was taken, or whether it's even fun and game things like doing visual whiz games, for example, is something that we've done around data storytelling. Again, you know, going to the broader concept of everybody is a data person. How do we make it a more inclusive uh, data environment? So mm -hmm. like doing a lot of whiz games around data storytelling because anybody can or a story is easier to relate to than say some kind of algorithm that I might want to walk you through. Right, right. You you were talking about deal. Um, is is this like a, a data lab? You mentioned that your end users had hands-on experience. Is this a lab that you provide for them to, to get involved? Kind of. So yes, we have that whole data labs concept also as part of, uh, of the enablement work that I was talking about, where the idea is that you can prototype different solutions. It's a safe environment to try out, to fail, to take a risk, figure out what works, what doesn't work, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Deal is, is another component of that kind of setup. Okay. Where it's a monthly um, session, really a workshop sessions that are designed for whoever is interested. I'm not gonna say the data community, yes, it's predominantly, people who are already into data, especially the ones who are teaching or leading these sessions. The idea with Deal is really to provide a platform, a, work, a workshop kind of uh, place, digitally, of course, now, given the pandemic world, for people to come in and uh, work on different problems, learn and grow together. So, you know, somebody might be like, I'm trying to solve this problem. Um, how do I go about it? And uh, people from the community are there to help us. Or sometimes it's more community led in terms of like, we're going to figure out how to do apply design thinking to this problem that we're trying to solve. So, you know, somebody from the CX team can come in and be like, this is how we do it. So it's really a knowledge sharing platform that it provides with a heavy emphasis on the hands-on or the workshop component of it. So Shilpam, we've talked about the, the end user being the internal stakeholder. You know, everybody is a data person. But is everybody really a data person? Like, I mean, I'm a data person because I've been working in data, but I know that there's lots of people within the organization that would never consider themselves an actual data person. So the question here is, is everybody really a data person? I think so. So we live in a digital society. <laughs> that is, if we weren't pre-pandemic, we certainly are. In, in much more of a digital society and data is the backbone of a digital society. So not everyone has to be the hands-on data person doing some coding or do running analytics or understanding what uh, for the standard deviation of something. I, I don't mean that kind of data person. Really what I'm talking about when I say everybody is a data person is having that mindset mm. of curiosity, of critical thinking. Really what I, when I say everybody's a data person, is about being more aware, understanding what's possible, 
looking at the world around us and understanding what's going on, how is this affecting what the decisions that I make, whether it's the credit card or the home loan that I'm applying for, or mm -hmm. you know, face recognition technology, which is becoming more and more uh, prevalent in our digital society. It's really about building those critical thinking skills to understand and appreciate the nuances uh, that sometimes we take for granted with data, for example. So you know, when you hear things like, well, I know this, that's the answer because the data said so. And not really, like I, when I say everybody needs to be a data person is to be able to think critically and appreciate things like, there is the famous economist who talks about, you know, uh, data confesses to anything if you torture it long enough. <laughs> when, I, when I say every, we are all data people, that's what I'm talking about, not the hands-on, data people doing the coding or writing algorithms kind of thing. It's more yeah. as people, we, the fact is we live in a digital society. Data is the backbone of a digital society. We are surrounded by it. It's affecting decisions that we make or we might not even have the opportunity to make uh, because of decisions that are made use, using data in the background. Are we thinking about it critically? Are we building these solutions from a more inclusive mindset, which is why I talked earlier about you know the importance of bringing in people with liberal arts training or right. people with a scientific mindset, because we yeah we live in the twenty first century. A lot is possible. Are we asking the critical questions of the world around us to be able to make it a better world? Whether it is uh, basic questions like. Uh, why are we doing this? Is it necessary to do it? Uh, how does this make affect things that might not be apparent to us? So, so a, an individual in a company who's been there for 15 years versus an individual in a company who's been there for two years, each of those individuals, they can be a data person. So what I'm hearing you saying is that everyone is a data person and it's really around how you look at the, the data but more specifically, what questions you're asking about the data? Yes, I'm yeah. thinking critically en enough about it. And you know, the, the, my broader point is that the fact is that we all live in a digital world. And the sooner we learn to think critically and question, yeah. we can use that to make it a better world. Uh, that's really something that I'm, I think about a lot and I'm passionate about, and which is why I'm so passionate about bringing people from diverse, uh, backgrounds and diverse education uh, into the data world as we define a more digital future. Well, thank you so much, Shilpam, for your time today. We're wrapping up another episode of AI Time Journal, Impact to AI. It was very nice to speak with you, Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs>